today on Rooted Daily, we talk about if we should use profanity in our evangelism. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're asking if profanity could be useful for our evangelism. Isn't it amazing the kinds of questions the church is asked today? But nevertheless, this is being asked because our society has wholly embraced vulgarity. Of course, this has been going on in Hollywood for decades. There's nothing new here. And it's a challenge that all Christians, especially Christian parents, have dealt with. When does this cross the line? But this isn't just stuck in theaters anymore. This is everywhere. One major contributor might be internet streaming that bypasses any regulations that were previously placed on TV networks and radio stations. Now, there's no limit on what can be made. But we can't blame this on the internet. We can't even watch cable news without a politician cursing at us now or saying things that whether you're a Christian or not, you don't need to hear. And the world eats it up. Profanity and vulgarity are the status quo now. So to stay relevant, do Christians need to adopt crude language to build bridges with non-Christians? Perhaps a more reasonable question. Do we need to speak in the same sorts of sensational and vulgar ways as we see becoming more and more prevalent, especially online, to catch the attention of others? I think it's fair to assume that others, they won't fault us for not cursing like them, but will we be able to have the same effect? Will we be able to get their attention and all the noise that they're bombarded with without this? Yeah, I want to look at this from a couple of different angles because this concept of relevance, it's important. Yeah, I think scripture makes it pretty clear that we are to defend the relevance of the gospel. That's the thing that makes it so remarkable. The gospel was not intended for a specific culture or generation. It is relevant to all people in all times from the day of Pentecost until the judgment day. We shouldn't let anyone get away with saying the gospel is no longer relevant. The Jewish Christians tried to say that, and God sent them Cornelius, an uncircumcised Gentile, and poured out the Holy Spirit on him. And even stubborn Peter had to say, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. God powerfully demonstrated that his church is relevant to everyone. Paul the Apostle to the Gentiles then went and tried to be all things to all men so that he might save some. He wrote, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. That's all to say, God has made the gospel relevant to all people at all times between Pentecost and when Christ returns, and the church should act accordingly. It is imperative that we defend the church's relevance and strive to find ways to demonstrate that relevance to others. That's what Paul did. But the unique thing about the gospel 
is that it does not require any fundamental changes to remain applicable. It doesn't matter how much the world changes around us, the Bible sits there unchanged. And because of the power of God, it still works. It doesn't need any modifications. Now, to reach people with that unchanging message, we may change our delivery. Paul didn't have a, a daily 10-minute podcast, and he may have talked about Roman gladiatorial games to illustrate the gospel, and I talk a lot about my cat, but I have the same honor of giving you the exact same news that he gave to the Galatians and the Philippians and the Ephesians and the Thessalonians and so on. How cool is that? Despite 2,000 years of change, we can still share the same good news everywhere from the big cities of the United States to rural parts of Kazakhstan. It may be delivered differently, but it's the same message. It's the same gospel. The line we have to find then is the difference between the delivery of the gospel and the message of the gospel. The first can and must be altered over time. The other cannot and must not be altered. So where does profanity or vulgarity fall. The most widely cited passage is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 5, starting in verse 3. He writes, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any other kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. To the world, profanity is just a matter of delivery. When a politician curses on TV, the commentators say he or she is just fighting fire with fire, or uh, they're expressing the same point in a way that ordinary people understand. Paul suggests the opposite, though. Profanity has everything to do with the message. Coarse joking, obscenity do not line up with the Christian life. They are not compatible with who we are supposed to be. To the world, it may seem like a minor vice, but the Bible says it strikes at the heart of something much deeper. James wrote that even though the tongue is just a, a small part of the body, it has a ton of power. Remember in chapter 3 when he wrote, uh, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. What comes out of our mouths is not small. It's not insignificant to God. It is at the heart of the gospel. It seems that this is really not about delivery at all. And it's all about the message. 
The world should see Christians as the transformed people God calls us to be. We should be a little strange, a little peculiar. That's what holiness is all about. And holiness is the goal of the gospel. James also brings another element in this discussion, which is the intent of our speech. You see, James isn't limiting this to words that we bleep out on TV. He's saying that any speech that is used to tear people down instead of build them up, that is cursing. And it can't dwell in the same mouth as the child of God. I don't think that is the goal, necessarily, of those who've decided it's appropriate to use profanity to connect with outsiders. They aren't trying to curse those people. They're just trying to use a sensational word to grab their attention thinking that words are insignificant. But the Bible tells us that words are not insignificant. They are powerful. What's the answer then? We must defend the relevance of the Bible. And we must demonstrate that relevance to all cultures and all generations. But we shouldn't change the message because that defeats the purpose. Our purpose is to show that the gospel doesn't have to change to be relevant. So we can't change the message, only the delivery. And between Paul and James, we see that the words we use go beyond just delivery. If they are crude, if they are hurtful, they become a different message. So what do we do? What is the alternative to using cursing for evangelism to stay relevant? Well, back in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul gives a, a profound answer. He says, There should be no obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. The gospel is as relevant to my life as it was to the Apostle Paul. And so I am overflowing with thankfulness. I need to strive to show others that sense of gratitude more. That's how I do this. I don't need to focus on what I don't do. I don't need to go around telling people that I don't use profanity. I need to control my tongue so I can use it to praise God and to give thanks to him. If I do that successfully, it will be far more powerful than using some sensational word to catch people's attention. The gospel is relevant because it has the power to change our lives no matter where or when we are living. And we demonstrate that relevance by living out the transformation. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey there, thank you for listening through this episode of Rooted Daily. We think it's so important that you grow with Christ continually using the Word of God as your only foundation. That's why we release these episodes every weekday so you can root yourself daily in the Bible. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you don't miss us. And if you think a friend would benefit from hearing this good news, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready now to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com.